Hi there, this is Steve Queen. Welcome to the Live Wikimedia YouTube channel. This is part 10 in a series on 1 Thessalonians, and we're going to be in chapter 5, and we're going to look at verses 19 through 21 for sure, uh, and maybe go a little bit past that. We'll just see how, how much uh, time allows here. I want to encourage you to subscribe uh, there at the bottom of your screen and to share a link to this video with others and link to the channel so that they can um, benefit from what you're receiving as well. So let's dive right into it. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5, 19. Now, I'm assuming that if you're watching this, you probably uh, are a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're not. Um, and uh, if you're not, uh, that's, that's, you know, not required to watch this video, but we are talking about what it means to follow Jesus. And um, uh, so regardless of, of whether you're already a follower or considering being a follower of Jesus, um, what emerges from the New Testament very clearly is that Jesus came to give us a new way to live, uh, what's called a spirit-filled life or spirit-led life, that, that the Holy Spirit would guide us into all truth, that the Holy Spirit would be our teacher that we would not be left alone. He would be our comforter, our counselor, our teacher with us 24-7, uh, that, that we would learn to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in life. And so it's really important throughout the New Testament as followers of Jesus that we learn to live in the Spirit, as it's said. And, and so it seems a little odd, frankly, to read verse 19 that says, do not quench the Spirit. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not quench the Holy Spirit as you would with a fire. You know, if you've had a fire before, like a, a campfire out in the country, in the woods or whatever, um, and it's time to put out the fire, you put water on it or some sort of liquid and the fire goes out. So the picture is, don't do that with the Holy Spirit. And I'm reading that thinking, why would you ever do that? Why would you want to put out the Spirit's fire? Uh, most people I know, uh, including me, I mean, we want more of the Holy Spirit. We want His life, His fire. Uh, I mean, there is, there's, this is the picture. Don't put out His fire. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. He's trying to do things and don't stop it. Why would people stop the Holy Spirit doing what He's doing? The simple, blunt answer is because sometimes people would rather just be in control than have the Holy Spirit in control. Because the Holy Spirit will sometimes do things or say things through people that make others uncomfortable. And some people prefer the order of a graveyard um, than to have uh, the vitality and liveliness of the Spirit um, and risk what some call a little wildfire. Maybe, maybe people get a little too enthusiastic for some people's taste. Um, but there's a warning right here in 1 Thessalonians 5.19. Don't do that. Don't quench the Spirit's fire. Why? Because there is a temptation for people to do that. People will try to put the Holy Spirit in a box. They'll try to put him over here, or put him over there, or not here, don't do that, and do all this. And that simply comes down to people trying to control the Holy Spirit. Let that sink in for a minute trying to control the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we know better? I don't know better than the Holy Spirit. And I'm quite sure you don't either. Um, 
None of us do. He he's he's part of the Godhead. Don't quench God. Let that sink in for a minute. Hey, by the way, Thessalonians, don't quench God. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Yeah, because that's exactly what happens. All of us are tempted to quench God. All of us are tempted to keep God in a box, to have just enough of God to get our weirdness or our problems or our sickness or whatever healed or get our addiction squared away, but not so much of God that he starts wanting us to turn loose of things that may not be a sin, but they're weights. This is the battle between the spirit and the flesh. This is what people get tired of, frankly, is trying to always learn and, and be a disciple and a follower of Jesus and being active in our faith. Um, it's not that we don't have times of rest. Of course we do. But don't quench the Holy Spirit. Sometimes people want to quench the Holy Spirit. And that is unwise. That is always unwise. And sometimes people want to quench the Holy Spirit because he comes through people that maybe aren't extremely developed. And some of what comes out of them is very much the Holy Spirit. And sometimes there's a fair amount of them in it. And that's just reality. Sometimes people get in this mindset that if, if the Holy Spirit's doing something, the person just kind of goes, and they're just kind of out. And the Holy Spirit just kind of animates them, and it's all blah, 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 blah. And then, and then they're back to being themselves again. No, he flows through us. And over time and with practice in a safe environment of believers who love each other and love the Lord and want his spirit to flow, we learn how to speak out when it's time to speak out and to do things when it's time to do things. Like with tongues and interpretation, it's things that you you learn and you learn when he's nudging you and he's giving you an utterance and then when he's finished, and sometimes people go on a little more. Well, we're learning, folks. We're learning. I'm learning, okay? Now, don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't quench God. That's the general principle. He goes then into a specific example about prophecies or prophetic utterances. Look at this with me. Verse 20. Do not despise prophetic utterances or don't treat prophecies with contempt. Don't despise prophecies. Why would anyone despise prophecies? Oh my gosh. Why would anyone despise inspired utterance? I'm going to tell you plainly why people sometimes despise prophetic utterance or prophecies. There are two big reasons why that happens. One is because the prophetic utterance is God putting his finger on something that needs attention, and the person who's hearing that message hasn't been listening in their inner life. And so God says, okay, here's what's going to happen. This person's going to say something and may not single you out by name, but rest assured, they're going to say something that you will know it's me my son or my daughter, and I am coming through someone else to try to get to you because you're being stubborn and bullheaded. That's one reason people despise prophecies. The other reason people despise prophecies, to put it very bluntly, is that sometimes people who prophesy 
or think they prophesy or they're prophets or they think they're prophets get on their high horse and they get very full of themselves. And because they're the prophet, when they speak, well, God has spoken. Do it. Dance. Jump. Do it. Do it. Do it right now. And they get used to that. And sometimes what they say may be spot on. It's exactly what God is saying. I know there have been times in meetings that the Holy Spirit has has moved strongly on me, and it was time to go from sitting to standing up. And, And we began to shout and rejoice, and the Holy Spirit just flooded our whole gathering, and it was profound. And I had a very strong unction to say that. Well, when the Holy Spirit's moving, and you go with the flow like that, then there's there's an anointing. His presence is there and it's him. It's very clear it's him who did it. But I've been around people sometimes that um, flow in that at times and other times, frankly, they just got in the flesh and um, they tried to throw their weight around, for lack of a better way to say it. They were going to tell everybody their business. They proceeded to try to tell people things about themselves, and they were wrong. Um, uh, One guy once went up to a friend of mine and in front of everybody said that that person had a certain sexual perversion that they were struggling with, and it was wrong. It was incorrect, uh, and that was very hurtful. So if you get around, for these two reasons, people can despise prophesying. Uh, inspired utterance in the moment. Um, And what can happen when you try to quench the spirit to either keep him from telling you something that you need to hear, or because you've seen some of this weird stuff, some of this people getting it wrong, frankly, and you don't want that. Like the old saying, we don't want any wildfire, so we'll just have no fire at all. That's a wrong way to, to go. You're cutting off so much of what God wants to do. And that, my friends, is exactly how coming together in meetings turns into Bible school only. It's just reading the Bible and just talking about what's in the Bible, and there's no move of the Spirit. That's a big mistake. Let's finish up. So do not despise prophetic utterances, but examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. So test everything, hold fast to that which is good. The old saying, eat the hay, spit out the sticks. So don't don't quench God, don't despise prophesyings, but test it. Test it. Now listen, I'll tell you now, people who are, uh, well, kind of arrogant wannabe prophets or arrogant prophets who just want to go around and bark at people. And maybe you haven't experienced that, and that's wonderful. But if you have, sometimes those people don't want you to test anything. God talks to me. I tell you, and you do it. That's how this works. Are you going to obey or not? Uh, And that should sound weird to you, because it is weird. The scripture right here says, no, test it. Mark my words. If I ever share something with you by the Spirit, Um, I welcome you to test it. I want you to test it. Um, And, you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Um, But but we should test those things. This is the answer for not quenching the Spirit, is to go ahead and speak by the Spirit. Be free in that. 
Know, though, when we speak by the Spirit, others are going to test it. And that's how it should be. Hold fast, hold tight to that which is good. The implication being, if you got to throw some stuff out, then throw some stuff out. Because here's the thing, if we wait until we're pristine and perfect in everything that comes out of our mouths and everything that we do by the Spirit, in other words, if you've got to be perfect and flowing with the Spirit or none, guess what you're going to do? None. And we saw that that's not okay in verse 19. So here, the Apostle Paul by the Spirit is saying, guys, when you come together, don't hinder the flow of the Spirit. Go ahead and speak, minister by the Spirit, and recognize that everybody there is going to test it and vet out what is said and what is done. And we should all learn from that. You see how that works together as a body, as a family, so that we all grow and mature? It's a beautiful picture, really, and it takes humility on everybody's part. May God guide us into the humility of Jesus as we uh, seek to follow him together. Amen. All right. We'll see you on part 11 very soon. Take care. Bye-bye.